If you guys love Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon, you guys should check out at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons our brand new What a Cartoon movie podcast. For $10 and up patrons, you get access to our premium What a Cartoon movie podcast where me and Bob go through a different animated feature film each month. We've done Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, and a Goofy movie. Who knows what we'll do next? You'll want to check it all out for yourself at the $10 and up level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where we're straining to do some explaining. I'm your host, Concealed Amnesia Ray Carrier, Bob Mackey. This is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Henry Gilbert and Bone Schmones. And our special guest. I'm Ian Prince Skipper Skipple, Prince Nipple Skipper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Prince Nipple Skimster, Jones Corny. All three are good. <laughs> and today's episode is Lisa the Skeptic. Well, if you're so sure what it ain't, how about telling us what it am? Yeah. <laughs> Today's episode aired on November 23rd, 1997. As always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby. Sean Bean marries his third of five wives. Beavis and Butthead airs its last episode for a while. And in excess frontman Michael Hutchinson passes away of uh, some disputes of his reason of passing, but he's declared a suicide. So that all happened in 1997. This was the weird period in which King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead existed concurrently at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was called Beavis and Butthead are dead. Yeah. Uh. But they didn't die. It was, uh, it was like a TV guide trick. Like it was called their dad. Oh, I see. And the whole town thinks they're dead because they just, they stop showing up for school even longer than normally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they spent most, they spent most of the episode watching every TV show clip they did in the entire series history. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And their principal, uh, I believe the principal dies, uh, quote unquote, in that uh, final episode. He has a heart, he's had seemingly a heart attack and falls over, but then he's fine when they restarted the series. They did not keep him dead. And the new series is really, really good. By new, I mean it was eight years ago. Yes, exactly. Um, but but uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah, they didn't skip a beat. I didn't like the reality show stuff as much as the music video stuff. No, but, but it, um, it made actually it made sense for the yeah, time they were doing it. Yeah, that, yeah. It's what those kids would be watching in 2011. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. The the Michael Hutchinson's passing away. It's how I think a lot of people, thanks to rumors, learned about the concept of autoerotic asphyxiation, <laughs> which which some say was the cause. It's but that's not what the police say and it's uh, he was he was going through some tough times with a divorce and child custody thing it's uh in the years since in excess has had like multiple new lead singers to go on tour and, uh, i think they even did a reality show to get the new singer of in excess so that guy apparently only lasted like five years but, but he's alive he he is still with <laughs> okay, us that's yes, good. Yeah. <laughs> so oh and i guess yeah sean bean has been married more times than i thought he has been married he's he's on his fifth wife now and I am. Um, I'm. Ho- I wish them nothing but the best. Who will survive? <laughs> <laughs> 
Ian, you're back. You were hey. last heard on Poochie. In case uh, listeners don't know, I mean, you're show running your own animated series, all this cool stuff. But I mean, tell us about you. Of course. Hey, I'm Ian Cordy. I'm the uh, creator and showrunner, executive producer of OKKO Let's Be Heroes. That's Woo. a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Watch that wherever. Do a Google or whatever. <laughs> also, pretty much lifelong Simpsons fan. Well, no, I was. I it couldn't be lifelong because it came out when I was like six but still <laughs> that counts that's most of my life yeah um so yeah i'm just excited to be here i will Thanks. say do a hulu on okko yes please do <laughs> it is it is absolutely worth your time so funny if you love the simpsons you'll love okko and this episode is uh is the your first in season nine you've yes. done a two season eight ones before yeah uh and so yeah how are how are you feeling going into season nine well yeah it's weird uh Going back to this episode, it was actually a lot different than I remembered it. And I think it's because when this episode came out, I was 14 and I was abandoning all the things I liked as a kid being <laughs> like, oh, this this stinks now. And I think that was starting to happen to me with The Simpsons. Also, you know, like I think at the same time, like this is where like you go back, you read a bunch of listicles about when did the show go wrong or whatever, <laughs> you know, and people say that that it's here. And I think maybe at the time I was very like cynical about it and I wanted to be better than all the things that I liked, but going back to it without that context and without that feeling was just like, it was just a pleasant surprise. I had a really good time watching it and I was laughing at the whole thing. And you know, maybe the story isn't as deep or like easy to uh, hold on to, but uh, I had a lot of the jokes are really good. It's yeah. I'm hoping our listeners are pleasantly surprised by season nine as well, because Mm -hmm. we're just talking, talking about it over dinner is like uh i i've said this a lot by the way on the air but we were all very much part of the narrative that you were Mm -hmm. online and it now is the time to hate the show you used to love and i feel like revisiting things when there are more important things to be mad about number one (laughs) but number two we've all mellowed out a bit you know and we were uh we were all very angry internet kids in the late 90s yeah but uh (laughs) it is nice to nice to go back to these episodes without all the baggage And and we're all adults now who like have to pay bills and go to the doctor and all these things. Like we have, we have other just day to day things that are more that take away our energy from being mad at a TV show as much as before. Well, I was also interested on like from an animator's point of view, what do you think is season nine? And David Silverman has left the show, I believe, and uh, season nine is now Jim Reardon has taken over as series director. Like, do you see a noticeable difference between this eight and nine? Yeah, I mean there is there is a difference, but. But Jim Reardon is also fabulously he's talented. Uh, yeah, he's genius. so talented. Yeah. And notably, well. uh, I think Brad Bird is gone at this point as well. I believe yeah, he yeah. has left too, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, but honestly, when I was watching it again, the thing I was really just noticing was just, uh, from a showrunner's perspective, uh, putting together a story in TV is really difficult. And the things that I used to, that I used to get so angry at the show <laughs> for, uh, I'm not anymore. Now I'm just like, wow, that was a really clever way to solve that writing problem or get uh, cut through this act one and get us somewhere really good and funny. Um, I just, you know, it just felt really good. I have a personal history with this episode, by the way. Oh, so, yes. uh, oh. I taught a college writing class when I was in grad school. Mm. If you took that class, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I've actually never heard of it. I've never heard from any of my students, mm. uh, from 10 years ago. Are they all in prison? Are they alive? Who knows? If you're out there, <laughs> let me know. I want to know if I did some good in your life, but I use this episode as a writing prompt because mm. it's, it's having two arguments going on in it. And my writing prompt was like, what is this episode saying? Do you agree with it? Yes or no. And mm. it was 
fun to read responses from people who were 18 or 19 then and now are 30. But <laughs> That is interesting. Um, yes, but yeah, this is a great episode in terms of just, um, I don't know if The Simpsons ever really laid this out in such serious terms. I mean, Merkin's stuff was very critical of religion, mm-hmm. uh, more so than, you know, Oakley and Weinstein and even uh, Mike Scully, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, it's also interesting that this season has this episode and The Joy of Sect, which is a Merkin episode, which are both like critical of faith, but coming at it from different angles. Yeah, like this, for sure. This definitely has a more like both sides kind of feel to it, which I am uh, vocally against both sidesism. I do not like that, but I feel I now look back on being Lisa's age or older than Lisa, but wanting to feel like Lisa. Yes, and and regretting being a super smug atheist, especially <laughs> to uh, a loving parents like Marge. I think know? we've all talked about our logic lord pass on this show, but yeah. I was very much of Lisa's uh, you know mindset. I subscribe to Skeptic Magazine, like all cool guys. I read a lot of Sam Harris books, and I thought you know like if no one likes me, they'll have to like me if I'm right all the time. It turns right. out they like you less. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you use this as a writing prompt because that is something I felt when I watched it again. Hmm. It didn't actually feel too both sidesy to me. It mm-hmm. actually kind of felt like once I was through watching it, it really is a Rorschach test of what you come out of it because mm. it's not like either side is specifically proven wrong in the episode. Even though the townspeople get to be dumb because they got tricked, uh, the subject of faith is never like proven to be wrong or a bad thing. And neither is skepticism. It's all, it's all kind of really the baggage you bring to the episode (laughs) does really (laughs) reflect like what you come away with it from. Yeah. I think it's different than the gun episode in that point where the gun episode wants to have it both ways, but this one is just like, you decide what you want to see in this. Yeah. Yeah. The gun episode has the good NRA, but in this, in, in this one though, not so much like the, I mean, the religious leaders are like leading a mob (laughs) at some point, but Marge is like, you gotta have, if you gotta believe in something, like, and yeah, it's gotta uh, worship something. Gotta worship yeah. Something. <laughs> no, I mean, and now, uh, yeah, I guess the Rorschach thing is true because I'm, I am bringing my own baggage to it. It was just like regretting being such a, <laughs> just such a smug atheist. I mean, like, yeah, now I've had atheists on Twitter tell me to not be so mean to atheists. Uh, and I think they have a little bit of a point because I'm now tired of them because I live in a place where it's easy to not go to church mm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, they still live in a area of, they tell me they still live in an area of America where that's not easy for them and to th- like be a non churchgoer an unbeliever is as Ned calls people like that in the episode that's not easy to do and so I, I don't I don't want to forget that like for people who are mm-hmm. atheists like and I don't organize religion I'm not the biggest fan of but uh, it's yeah, I don't want to be too mean to it uh, it's well, complicated sh- yeah and honestly the episode comes off as just a broad criticism of the entire debate. It doesn't really take its aim too hard at either side, which I really enjoy. It's the thing that makes me feel like, well, it's not both sidesism. It's actually truly balanced because mm-hmm. it's not really making fun of the viewpoints as much as it's making fun of the hoopla around that debate and those viewpoints and the smugness and the condescension from mm. either side and not so much taking aim at people's faith or people's skepticism, which is which I think is really nice. I think the one target is exploitation of religious beliefs for Absolutely. profit. That's the yeah. one like target that is obvious in this Homer episode. is the bad yeah. person. Yeah. And this. the mall people, and the mall too. People. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think like I think no matter who you are, you can agree that exploiting people's beliefs is is yeah. messed up. 
Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think it was handled in an interesting way, too, because David Cullen, I would think, is as as a very scientific guy. I think he even said in his original script, like, he was much more, it was much more on Lisa's side. And maybe Mike Scully, like in others, tampered it more to make it uh, have have a wider range of views. Because, yeah, David Cullen, like, you read Futurama, like, he, uh, he's definitely more on the Lisa side of things, for sure. Yeah, in the commentary, David Cohen mentions that it was literally supposed to be finding the missing link and then it turning into a scopes monkey trial. Hmm. And I think kind of making it this absurd thing, this angel, which is like a really wacky prop, uh, <laughs> really helps kind of turn the thing into uh, just, you know, a broad satire instead of like a targeted attack at someone's beliefs. And he tells a story in the commentary about how he came up with the idea while at the big fancy museum in New York. I've never been there. The Natural History Museum? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a great museum. Yeah. Th- that has the squid in the whale in it, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I only know that from the film, the squid <laughs> whale. I, I got to go there. The next time I'm in New York, I should really sample that place. That he came up with it while there, just like, so it's why they have a scene in basically the Springfield version of the Natural History right. Museum. It's also kind of inspired by like hoaxes in the in his in American history, like the Cardiff Giant was a big right. one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which was also just used to fake advertising something. Mm-hmm. And I miss those types of scams now, like the Loch Ness <laughs> monster, the Cardiff Giant. Like I mean, post drone, there are no cryptids. <laughs> yeah, you can't really get away with that stuff. It kind of brings me down to like superhero movies now that they have to like deal with a security state or the surveillance state at all times. Like, how does Spider Man actually get home and not be spotted by eighty? <laughs> Drones. Like every every place he goes has to be watched. That's why I like in the uh, in the Iron Giant movie. That's they have to set it in the fifties so that he can actually hide somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this episode begins with a really funny. I will say, season nine. I still think Homer is too mean a lot, but I. <laughs> I just have to say, I love this act one, this opening. Yes. It's it's one of the... in. I was surprised uh, watching it again that uh, it was on this episode because I was like, oh yeah, this is this is classic. And yeah, he's mean and stupid, but <laughs> yeah. the setup is good. And the joke and the joke is on him too, yeah. It's funny that Realty Bites is next and it's about the police giving away a vehicle. But oh, this that's time true. for real. Yeah. So I confuse these two scenes all the time because they're yeah. kind of unrelated to the episode <laughs> as a whole. Well, and Snake gets arrested in the first scene, so if it, it does explain why in Realty Bites he's in prison. Ah, okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're adding to more continuity than I meant there, though. Uh, though there is some intentional continuity later in this episode. But yes, here's Homer on his way to a motorboat. <laughs> this thing can't miss, boys. I mailed these bogus prize certificates to every scofflaw in Springfield. When they show up for their free motorboats, we arrest them and beat them to the full extent of the law. <laughs> <laughs> so the hook is baited, huh? <laughs> Nice metaphor, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, good work, Kenny. <laughs> up and away in my beautiful, my beautiful motorboat. Da, 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 da. But we didn't enter any police raffle. That doesn't matter. The important thing is we won. <laughs> 
Uh, Eddie really gets a good line in the series. Yeah. yeah. I think like Who Shot Mr. Burns was a part two. That's a good way to get sick. <laughs> whatever whatever, whatever uh, part that was. Yeah, and, they uh, need to. Oh, uh, sucking quarters from yeah, the love tester. Right. Yeah. I'll drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, you know, they should have done more with Eddie. He's, he's a good uh, straight man. Lou is a more <laughs> fun voice, though. Yeah, so yeah. He usually talks the most. Well, I think also ha- uh, Hank Azari is more up for the fun than. Uh, yeah, than Harry Shearer. Than Harry Shearer, perhaps. <laughs> but. Uh, but I love I do love Wiggum complimenting him on a metaphor. Nice work, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I talk about my dad issues every time on this. But <laughs> but I do think like the Homer stuff, it's a little too real for me of a of a dad being wrong about something and not listening to anyone in his family. Like, this doesn't sound right, Dad. Ah, uh, shut up. It's fine. Like <laughs> and his uh, Up Up and Away song, we heard Up Up and Away already in the series at one point. Oh, from uh, oh, Bob's last yeah. gaming, right? Yep, box yeah. kites. Yeah. We played it back then. Somebody we say will not do it now. We're not going to tell you the story of Up, Up, and Away. We did it in that one. <laughs> got to listen to it then. Uh, but yeah, these this appears in a news story later in the show, and this is like kind of like police PR thing they do where they right. invite camera crews there for these kind of stings just so it can make the nightly news. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, what was the term our, our friends of the show, t- Citations Nina, gave it? Like copraganda or cop? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but this one is so great because Homer has to go to a police station. They don't even do the the ski the sting somewhere that isn't the police station. <laughs> so you have to go to them, and then Homer sees all the proof he needs that Snake is being arrested yeah, Snake and beaten. Yeah, we see him get roughed up pretty bad. <laughs> I love I love Wiggum's just like <laughs> he's so he's so fu- he's uh, very happy about what's uh, he's about to get away with. Homer doesn't get all he bargained for. You have the right to remain. <laughs> All right, uh, Simpson Homer, you're next. Woohoo! Howdy, gents. I'm here to collect my free. Oh! Oh, my boating arm! What's going on? You're under arrest, slime bag. What's this perp in for, Lou? Uh, 235 unpaid parking tickets, totaling $175. <laughs> I hope you brought your checkbook, wise guy. <laughs> Lousy cops, lucky for you, I'm double parked right (laughs) there. Now, can I please have my motorboat? Dad, why aren't you saying anything? Where's our motorboat? I didn't like it, the mast had termites. Why would our motorboat have a mast? Because the thingy was... Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the parking Uh. tickets... Provides a strange link to the uh, New York City episode. Yeah. Also. Oh wow. I, I thought of that when I was rewatching it. Like, <laughs> oh, it for some reason I remembered this scene being in that episode. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. With these, sometimes these unrelated Act Ones, it's a little hard to connect them in your memories. Yeah. It's it's a real Futurama style math joke of the amount of tickets he has versus the charge. Those are very minor parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. Though. What was he doing? Really Less than so a dollar each. <laughs> <laughs> they add up. And I also just love how I love an oblivious Homer joke taken to an extreme and that he walks into the room surrounded by people sitting in handcuffs. He's like, hi, gents. So we're, hey. <laughs> and his boating arm, a boating arm. Is also saying <laughs> shut up instead of anything clever is a very yeah. David Merkin style joke. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and everybody, it's just uncomfortable because I've been in those car rides too where like, 
your dad doesn't want to admit he's wrong, but you all, the whole family's like, but he, he's wrong, right? <laughs> and, but you, it gets increasingly more tense in that. And I like that the, the, a, the actual plot begins because Marge wants to change the subject on an uncomfortable conversation. Like, hey, the mall, everybody, yeah. look at that. Uh, and yes, Lisa, Lisa then finds a new thing to care about after hearing about the mall. Ooh, there's that new mega mall they're building. They say the air conditioner will be more powerful than a million hydrogen bombs. Hey, they can't just build a parking lot on Sabretooth Meadow. That's where they discovered all those fossils. Fossils, fossils. You can't stop progress because of some moldy old bones. Bones, bones. But they might be paving over rare specimens. Pull over so we can complain, Dad. Come on, who wants to complain with me? Fine, I'll come back later. Who wants to come back with me? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lisa's. Poor uh, Lisa. Yeah. Yarley's delivery on that second fine is really good. Fine. <laughs> fine. And uh, it's a great runner this episode. They could have kept it going, but I just love Homer's constant blank schmack. Yeah, that's good. What's the next one that comes up? A fact schmack. <laughs> but then Homer's so overactive on it that he does it in the same line, like fossil schmossels. Yeah, bone schmoes. He heard himself say bones and rejects <laughs> it as bone schmoes. The fact about the air conditioner, too, that uh, makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> A million hydrogen bombs. <laughs> Just uh, as destructive too, I guess. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I wish Homer should have just, they should have done it one more time in this episode, I think is Blanche yeah, Mank. But like the next three. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, but it's, it's still hilarious. Yeah, I, right. Our final Lionel Hutzes are coming up. We yes, always savor them. This, this is his last speaking role, correct? Second to last. Second to last. Oh, second yeah, to last. So okay. uh, Realty Bites, last speaking role. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 We get them back to back, Lionel. And then um, the last time, this is our third to last Phil Hartman because he will appear one more time in season 10. After yeah. And the Bart, Hutt stuff. Bart, the mother, was that it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I miss him already. I, I love Lionel Hutz. He was so, I mean, he's, well, I guess we'll talk about it in realty bites, but you really see what they would have done with him going mm, forward yeah, too. Yeah, it's true. I think Mike Scully would have used him a lot in, mm-hmm. in his years. If he could, I mean, to Bill uh, Oakley and Weinstein used Phil Hartman a ton. Mm-hmm. Like they, they even gave, uh, Troy his own episode. Yeah. Uh, but yes, let's let's savor, listener, savor some of your last Lionel Hutz here. My attorney, Lionel Hutz, calls your attention to Municipal Code 147C, Protection of Antiquities and Fossils. That's right. There aren't any fossils here, little girl. Museum folks dug them all up years ago. But what if they miss something? You have to allow an archaeological survey. Who's going to make us? You? (laughs) (laughs) Now, hold on, Sid. Hold on. Maybe we should let the kid dig. Could be good publicity. All right. Okay. (laughs) You want to dig? Be my guest. Fine. We'll see you in court. Mr. Hutz, we won. We? 
Lisa and Hutz is a fun pairing too. They're really good. What could have been? What could have been? And I swear to God, the guy in the blue suit—he's wearing a hat in this scene. But in Act Three, he comes back. He is Al Jean. That is a caricature of Al Jean. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He looks so much uh, the curly hair and Jean often smirk smirk on his face. I'm kidding. (laughs) The satisfied smirk of a Harvard graduate. (laughs) (laughs) No, it. uh, I mean, and it's—he's a handsome man. He looks handsome there too. They they bring this up on the commentary, but I did, I just said it anyway. They really they come up with their burying a, an angel plan very quickly. There. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that makes it extra funny. It's the, that obvious of a plan, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey. One of those guys had it in their back pocket. Like they yeah. knew they could use it at some point. This was the time to spring it on them. She said fossils. Hey, you know, what if we hit a fossil? Yeah. The end. Well, it even fits later when you know the whole plan that they call it the Heavenly Hills Mall. It fits with the angel theming yeah. too, and their mascot is a dead angel. It's a dead angel. <laughs> that's just gonna stay there forever. Which is uh, that's a great decoration. <laughs> <laughs> just a weird angel skeleton, and and uh, I the empty briefcase with a sandwich in it. That's a, that's a great Lionel Hutz. I think, I think we've th- seen like shredded newspaper before. Shredded yeah. newspaper was the first one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, though I like not only is it a sandwich but also an apple core. Like he <laughs> yeah, keeps an apple, an core, apple core. Yeah, he it's just his lunch from earlier. He got hungry already and ate the apple. And he's just laughing in Lisa's face, too. Like, he's just caught up in it. He's having a good time. It's infectious. Well, he can't be really paid much by Lisa on this either here. No. uh, No. The Simpsons will be right back. everybody welcome to the break and we hope you enjoy this one that we recorded back in los angeles with our great friend and wonderful guest ian jones qwerty if you're not yet watching ian's show okko let's be heroes you really should either on hulu the cartoon network app or wherever you can find amazing cartoons i love it and the co-executive producer on the show toby jones also is great he was on our previous episodes alongside ian jones qwerty and you can look forward to a brand new what a cartoon that has both of them talking all about okko and if you want to hear that episode a week ahead of time and ad-free, as well as next week's Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free, and help pay for awesome trips like this one to Los Angeles where we can record with cool people, you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. By becoming a subscriber to the Talking Simpsons Network, you get an RSS feed for all of your podcasting needs. That includes the week early access to every podcast we do, and so much more. Access to over a dozen interviews with many people who worked on The Simpsons, including our most recent ones, Jeff Martin and Josh Weinstein. Not to mention access to dozens of hours of our exclusive limited series, Talking Critic, where me and Bob go through every episode of The Critic, Talking Futurama, where we do the entire first season of Futurama and launching very, very soon, Talking of the Hill, where me and Bob are going through the entire first season of King of the Hill. You'll get access to all of that. Community podcast too. Tons of stuff. If you subscribe $5 a month to the Talking Simpsons Network at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Oh my goodness, though, do you know what's even better than subscribing for $5 a month? Going up to the premium level for just $10 a month at patreon.com slash 
Talking Simpsons, you not only get access to all of the things I just talked about, you'll get our once a month mega podcast, What a Cartoon Movie. They're twice as long as one of our regular podcasts, three and a half hours we just did, and the most recent one where me and Bob talked about a goofy movie. Do you want to know what me and Bob think of one of Disney's most underrated films and a millennial favorite? You need to sign up at the $10 level right now and give that a listen. And if you do, you'll get access to all of our previous $10 a month content, like our What a Cartoon Movie podcast for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Akira, plus the March one, which is going to be a Don Bluth film that our patrons are voting on right now. And you'll get access to all of our previous $10 a month premium videos. Please consider it. You definitely want to check out our What a Cartoon Movie podcast podcast for three and a half hours of love for a goofy movie and now back to the rest of the show I thought there was some interesting pacing here too. That like when Lisa says, let's go dig up fossils, it can almost just start the scene with them digging up, but they do a hut scene and then they do a school scene too. Yeah. Skinner scene. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the Skinner scene's a lot of, a lot of fun in just that, uh, Lisa calls in a favor and Skinner just is like darkly (laughs) reflecting that like, Oh, I shouldn't knew this day would come. And, uh, then it's like a co punishment, uh, reward for the kids slash, uh, uh, bullies in the class that was cute too uh, they need more skinner over the intercom scenes i uh, those are funny it's always fun yeah, yeah i do enjoy good. those <laughs> once everybody's assigned we get to the fossil site and uh, we get kind of a chain a bully chain gang scene it's it seems like this it really remind me of like the uh the the scully seasons really feel like they play around with the kids a lot more hmm. like and have the kids in like outfits or, yeah doing adult things but the kid version of that like <laughs> right, kid prisoners that's true. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and then this feels like a very Cohen joke of uh, Skinner with the dirt clump. I, I, oh, that's just, really good. It's so wonderfully boring. This is so exciting. I can't wait to see what we find. I must admit it is rather exciting. It, look, here's something right here. It appears to be some sort of rock. I, oh, no, it's just a clump of dirt. <laughs> Even so, my heart is pounding like a kettle drum. <laughs> I better sit down for a moment. <laughs> Prince Skipper Skipple, a primical Skipsker, I found something! <gasps> it's a spearhead! That's your trial blade, Ralph. It fell off the handle. And I found it! Okay, everyone, back to work. You never know when we might uncover a Tyrannosaurus. Ah! <laughs> so Skinner is excited by the idea of finding a rock, but he's rock. such a loser that he can't find a rock. <laughs> oh, that's Even a- that... It doesn't work out for him. <laughs> and it's and you start with rock. Like, he's excited. Like, it's, it appears to be some kind of rock. <laughs> and he couldn't even be right about that. And, and yeah, uh, fun, a fun little Ralph scene. I like him. It's a very well-observed kid. Like, I'm super excited and I can't speak. Like, that's, right, yeah. it's cute. I, it's really good in animation. Like, you see his trowel and then it disappears from the screen. And that's when he immediately goes like, <laughs> I found something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it's uh, at least he knew what an arrowhead was. I'll give that to Ralph that he was at least smart enough to know that's what people were looking for. Uh, we heard his line in the opening, but I think Mo is the secret MVP of this episode. Oh, he has yeah, all of the most bizarre just shout it from the crowd lines. Yeah. <laughs> Mo Mo becomes the moral crusader uh, later on in the episode, and it's fun when they give those lines to Mo. He's like the mob ambassador in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I like when he gets to he gets some leadership and, and do some more in his life than just you know kill rats and yeah. contemplate self harm. Actually, <laughs> I guess that's true. As like a mob, le- the leader of an angry mob, Mo is maybe <laughs> the best. Uh, Springfield citizen to choose, yeah. you know, like uh, yeah. going to the old mill and all that stuff. That's true. He's, oh, he's a history mill. of that. Yeah. yeah. Leading people against cider. immigrants yeah. too. Like yeah. he's, uh, or also, yeah. And he led the mob, um, uh, when they had Bobo as well, he was the mob leader yeah. too. He's got a sing- simmering am- a- anger and, uh, <laughs> he doesn't care if he dies. So he's the, <laughs> he's the perfect person to lead a murderous mob. <laughs> uh, and so the digging's not going so well. We have a, a quick little Raiders of the Lost Ark reference of under the like red lo- sun. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Digging. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice shot. And, uh, then they follow that Raiders scene with like the, the very like lowbrow but funny just them pouring dirt into martin's pants <laughs> the way they're stifling their laughter in that scene <laughs> and he's really not aware of funny. it yeah. Yeah. uh he's had a long day of digging he's very <laughs> tired i like when millhouse get is i think he's extra satisfied because he's getting to pick on somebody for a change he's like, <laughs> we found the one guy below us that we can pick on right Oh, oh, yeah, actually, he talked about the kid hierarchy in uh, in grade school confidential, like the, where they rank in, right, uh, in right. the school. Mm, they get a reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, everybody's ready to give up except for Lisa. Don't give up. I'm sure we'll find something. Ugh. Come on. Come on. A bottle cap, a shoe, a bar of gold, anything. Let me through. I got here late. <laughs> There's weird Barney ADR where he says, I hope it's not a jet plane. Yeah. <laughs> or as long as it's not a jet plane. I don't know what's happening there. Uh, there's, That's there's great. A, and it's, it's great how instantly everybody shows up yeah. in town. Like they, they know to be there. I, what did you guys, were you guys ever interested in archeology span as a kid? Um, in as much as like the, the, cold open of Jurassic Park. Mm, yeah. Uh, basically like, oh, cool. That's a job people have. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool until I learned it was mostly like just brushing small objects gently for hours on end. <laughs> oh, I love that. part. As a kid, that was my favorite part of, uh, I think I watched some some school documentary about archaeology before I saw Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, but I could be getting the timeline mixed up. But just the idea of like, they get to brush dirt off things Ooh. and discover <laughs> stuff that, that just seemed really cool to me. Well, as a kid, I never, uh, my parents didn't take us to like an archaeological thing, but we did get to go to like um, some like old gold mining stuff and just the idea of like panning for gold, like something about moving dirt off of something right. and finding a, uh, something valuable was always a cool idea to me as a kid. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so when Lisa digs, she finds something pretty interesting. Oh my goodness. What is it, Lisa? It looks like a human skeleton, but these other bones look almost like wings. You mean like an angel? 
Well, obviously that's impossible. Lisa's right, it's an angel. <gasps> now that's interesting. <laughs> I really, really appreciated uh, Homer's act break line there when I was watching because I, I too have also felt the pain of like, oh no, this scene is ending. Uh, Got to put a capper on this. Make sure people come back for the next act. And just him saying, "Now that's interesting," is like perfect. Do you think that was added after the fact? Like, just I, it's very possible. It feels like it was. Yeah, it feels like it was. It feels like it could have ended on a gasp, uh, and then they just freeze frame the angel. I I think so. I I love how conspicuous it is. Like that that break, the pause before Homer speaks is so long that yeah. it, it makes it even more conspicuous. The Homer like capper line to the scene too. <laughs> I mean, the gasp is enough drama to leave you on, but maybe they wanted the, like drama now a joke. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Homer, I guess that also goes back to Homer was just so bored with the idea of fossil smossels that <laughs> now he admits this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, you speak about Mo being the leader. Oh, wow. Mo was their oh, leader. Mo was their leader. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Crack the code. Uh, but but that is Mo setting the tone right there. He's like, uh, Lisa's right. It's an angel. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about it on the commentary too. But the 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 angel skeleton. Like why why if angels are real. Would they leave a skeleton if they were to die <laughs> on Earth? Yes, yeah. yeah, I I feel like they would just you know burn away or something, or God <laughs> would set to take it back. Well, that's why it's like so unexpected. That's the <laughs> like f- the brilliance of using an item like that instead mm. of just saying, "Oh, Lisa found the missing link," or like you know, it's so off the wall that it it's like. Obviously, in real life, it would be uh, rejected out of hand. But Mm -hmm. watching people really consider this thing is like just entertaining (laughs) the whole way through. It's it's like a conversation piece for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Everybody is talking about it and reacting to it the whole time. It's and yeah, it's a clever yeah, it, it, an angel skeleton too. You haven't seen in other stuff. You have seen yeah. like oh, we found Bigfoot. Is this Bigfoot? Like lots of shows have their Bigfoot episode. Sure, or like the mark of Christ on something. Right, like Christ's <laughs> face on something. Yeah, like yeah, a rag or yeah. toast or nachos <laughs> or whatever. There, there's a bit of shrouditur into this as well. Yeah, sure, sure. and. Uh, so when we come back from the break, that's where we have the clip where Mo is arguing about if, if you don't, you tell us what it ain't, tell us what it am. What it am. And, <laughs> and Lisa tries to explain, and she's just like spitballing that it's yeah. an, uh, a caveman who uh, was bitten by two two giant fish and then died. And I love that too because uh, watching it this time, I took that as like a really good satire on the nature of scientific theories and how uh, it they are impossible to believe the first time that they come up with them because the whole point is that they have to refine them based on evidence. Lisa ah. had like Lisa had like no evidence, and so her spitballing was ridiculous. But with the available evidence, like I don't know, it's not so bad. It's plausible to me. Yeah, yeah, plausible enough. The the only yeah the only real problem with it is that like he'd have to have two arms because it's yeah. the, his arms are up there with the fish. Yeah, but the but I like her like. She's really selling it hard. She's like, huh? Like she's smiling, like, see? And it's almost like they could see the projection of her imagination too, the way they're reacting. And uh, yeah, I, you know, 
I like that later they make this about her and Marge. Like that is the kind of interpersonal mm-hmm. faith problem. But it almost could have been like her versus Ned too. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess so. She really bounces off Ned. And I know they do a later in later seasons. They did one. I think it's about like prayer in school type thing where it is. It actually does become a lawsuit between her and Ned. Mm. I like this episode, but I don't like how the Marge stuff starts in act two. Like I wish there was something right. about that in act one, at least Marge being a person of faith, not even against Lisa. I feel like it just comes out of nowhere and uh, it has to be the main focus of the story after that. I, I do think you're supposed to be surprised like Lisa. So maybe yeah. that's why it can come right. in there. It kind of had to come out of the, out of left field for you and Lisa, because mm-hmm. then you would be like, Oh, Marge is ideologically opposed to Lisa. <laughs> um, Early yeah. on. Yeah, and there's, you know, it's something um, I think maybe the mostly male, predominantly male writers team kind of overlook sometimes. That, like, there, there's a lot of stories to be mined in Lisa and Marge, mother-daughter stuff, but it, it doesn't really come out all that much in the series uh, up to this point in it anyway. Right. I think the closest was in the uh, Chanel dress episode. Like, they, they have yeah. a few scenes together. Yeah. I mean, they love Homer and Lisa's stories, for mm-hmm. sure. That's true. Well, and they're very sweet, so yeah. I, I get it, like. It's, uh, uh, but yeah, there's, there's more stuff to be explored with Marge and Lisa, which I, so I'm glad they put that in this episode, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, Ned is so such an ardent believer. He actually kind of trans, he, he's one of the most transformed by the angel in this episode too. Right. <laughs> but, uh, while they're arguing about what the angel is, it also comes down to like, who owns this angel too? Oh, yeah. Well, I got to say, Lisa, it sounds like you're straining to do some explaining. Yeah, everyone's heard of angels, but who's ever heard of a Neanderthal? (laughs) It could be anything. It could be a mutant from the nuclear plant. Oh, fiddle-faddle. Everyone knows our mutants have flippers. Oops, I've said too much. (laughs) Smithers used the amnesia ray. You mean the revolver, sir? Precisely. Be sure to wipe your own memory clear when you're finished. (laughs) Now, regardless of what this thing is, it's a priceless scientific find, so our most pressing concern now is determining who owns such a valuable skeleton, and I'd like to suggest that I do. Hey, wait, 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 I'd like to hear from Lionel Hutz. <laughs> it's a thorny legal issue, all right. I'll need to refer to the case of finders versus keepers. <laughs> oh, we can work this out, friends. In the spirit of sharing, what say we simply place the sacred bones and... Dylan, suckers! <laughs> and who shot Mr. Burns part two? Wasn't it that, that, that said, I want to hear from Tycho Mel? Yes. Was he like, I, that's at the end of part forward one. Or yeah. Something like that? yeah. 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 Ned said, uh, I'd like to hear from Sideshow Mel. <laughs> Let me get I'd like to hear from Halidal Hutz. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it was an intentional callback that Cohen points out on the commentary. Mm. He, he meant to have it like, all right, it's now Sideshow Mel's turn to ask to hear from somebody. This, it, is, this is a really good use of the Springfield mob I think in this episode it's a pared down am- amount of characters you never actually see like everybody at once but mm. you see like the important people poking their heads out of the mob and I feel like that's the something you can only do after like nine seasons of television and and there's 
they're all like pretty effective jokes. Every single one, you get a nice run of of uh, mob humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to see like Wiggum as technically Law and Order, just like going along with it and laughing along with everybody. Mm-hmm. I like Hibbert. Hibbert rarely gets to represent science in the show. Like often right. it's Frank, and actually Frank is uh, kind of absent from this episode for yeah. such a sciencey episode. There, well, <laughs> there's a really later on you do see. Frank in a crowd scene and he's not on the side of science. It's it's very strange. That is odd. Yeah. Well, I, missed, I think I, I think maybe he sli- his uh, his model sheet slipped into a, a stack of papers it wasn't supposed to be in the extras well, pile. Yeah. Uh, well, my my head now is that he was there undercover to do uh, observations for Gould, Stephen J. Gould. Uh, I think we all knew Homer was going to steal that angel. Like for sure. We all <laughs> It was just waiting for Homer to take it. I, they're starting to sell out the character of Hibbert a bit more in yeah. these seasons, which which is funny. But I like him being super serious and kind of a scold. Like again, it's like one of those things where you know, obviously, you can't tip it too far because mm-hmm. now Hibbert is basically the same character as Doctor Nick, right? Um, yeah. But I do really like him being good at what he does and serious but also just crooked. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, that is really funny. <laughs> I mean, I think you had the tube three years ago, the tube that would suck you away to, yeah. uh, to dance yeah. for a foreign family somewhere. <laughs> yes, he had his yeah. HMO, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's self-interested but smart. I do like that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think self-interested but smart is is funnier than incompetent doctor, mm. you know, which they would eventually go towards that's why they could kill off nick riviera because like eh, we kind of we can do all these jokes with dr hibbert now but he right. survived that right he did survive. he came back i don't like that <laughs> i gotta say i just i mean i i love the character nick riviera i was sad to see him go but kill somebody and have it matter in the movie it has to stay this uh, like he has to stay dead forever if you're gonna kill somebody off we'll get to it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that i totally forgot that amnesia ray joke i love it's that so joke. great yeah. like, i mean it wastes like 30 seconds but it's great. <laughs> the, well, the idea that like Burns often tells him to just shoot people and Smithers <laughs> does it apparently. Or one of his past assistants, he's done that before. <laughs> yes, he's definitely killed. Uh, and tell, well, and he made the other guy erase his memory too. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, I, I don't know, the joke comes after they, they must have animated it and written it. Men in Black came out months before this, like mm. the summer before this episode aired. And the amnesia ray is central to Men in Black, but the mouth movements fit, so I don't think they rewrote it. But I, so I wonder, like, what came first? Like, were they inspired by Men in Black, or is it just an interesting coincidence? It is a coincidence, yeah. Yeah. I Maybe mean, they read the Malibu comic. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, the ads were huge, like, even in January of 97. I think they were already advertising it hard, that mm. uh, Men in Black. I remember... Uh, we were talking over dinner. We were talking about comic convention memories, mm. and I remember going to a comic. Uh, one of the comic conventions I went to, I think it was MegaCon. This is such like a pre-internet story or pre-YouTube story. One room was just they show trailers for upcoming movies because wow. you can't see these like anytime you want. And yeah. I remember it was like two or Men in Black one and like Evolution and all these other movies that hmm. it's, we're so. I was just in any new. <coughs> science fiction special effects movie was coming out. I I watched the trailers a million times. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, Homer takes the angel and he's going to put it in his uh, his it's reference <laughs> closet. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's an amazing closet. I did write down all the references here. Oh good. Uh, so we've got the tri corner head and crier bell, which means he stole it from Ned. Like yeah. those were Ned's, not Homer's. The family heirlooms. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've got the Billy beer from the auto show. Yeah, which he uh, back then just kept in his jacket. So he drank Billy Bear twice in the series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got his boxing gloves from uh, from his Dreader Tatum fight. He's got his Grammy. He won for mm-hmm. the B Sharps. We've got his sugar bag from yeah. Uh, the sugar from, bag was in there. Yeah, and uh, we've got his Colonel Homer hat. The uh, a box of Mister Sparkle. The animatronic Itchy and Scratchy heads are there too. So they took heads back with them. They, yeah, I, I they must have walked back and after they got those two tickets. Here are two heads. <laughs> uh, his spaceship, his spacesuit helmet, uh, the Mister Plow jacket, which I thought he kept in the bedroom closet. Mm. But I guess he moved down there. I his dancing Homer shirt, a bowling trophy from uh, from the Pin Pals, and. What I believe is the fishing hat from General Sherman. I think you're right. Yeah, that might be the oldest. If not Dancing Homer, that's the oldest reference in there. Mm, Yeah, Yeah, Dancing Homer, I think, would be first or the the oldest. I thought like the the fish on the plaque was in there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, the tiny fish was in there. That's right. That's right. Okay. So that and the hat were both in there. Mr. Plow jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I think if they wanted to get older, they should have a Santa hat in there. Like they. Oh yeah, they could. That would be a good a good reference. it was funny seeing him go for the closet because sometimes that closet is stairs. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, you think right. like, oh, is it going to go uh, in the basement where there's also references? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that reference closet. They, you know, Oakley and Weinstein definitely were celebrating the history of the series. But in this one, we just had it in the Cartridge Family, too, when they're reading off his uh, background check and all of his crazy mm, things. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely in season nine feeling like re- really feeling the weight yeah, of the history wow. of the show. show. History, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Homer, Homer to prove these things have worth, he even just drinks the beer in front of the bar, <laughs> which very, I, I guess Billy beer is the only beer that stays good unrefrigerated for, for 30 years. 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which again, you gotta look, just go back to the auto show So we explain Billy beer. <laughs> Great detail. Uh, well, I guess shorthand, it is Bill Carter's uh, beer branded. I back believe. when presidents had hillbilly brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, that? The fun brothers. I miss that. But uh, yes, so we, uh, so Homer, though, can't put the angel in the closet. He puts it in the garage instead. And uh, this is when Homer gets an idea. Coming up next, an hilarious boat giveaway scam at Springfield's Dumbest Criminals. (laughs) Sounds like good watching. Hey there, Marge. Just brought the kids over to share a prayer with the Blessed Angel, if it's okay with you. Get your own angel, you moocher! (sighs) Thanks anyway, Homer. Oh, hello, Agnes. Sorry to trouble you, but I'm going in for surgery tomorrow, and I wondered if I could rub the angel with my foot for good luck. It's foot surgery. Hey, (laughs) I'm trying to eat here. Beat it, peg leg. Jackass! (laughs) Marge. Mm. <laughs> I want to see you. Come on, Homer. I just want a quick look. See, pay a buck. A buck, eh? That gives me an idea. 
50 cents, please. <laughs> <laughs> when that gag happened, I thought it was going to be the go away sign from Parkinson oh, yeah. Elephant. It's a similar joke. It but is I, similar. But I, they're both yeah. very funny takes yeah. in that same premise. Yeah, good setup. Yeah, the, uh, they just, it's, the, it's a branching joke that could go in a few directions. So in this case, Homer, the good idea is to ask for less than a dollar. <laughs> Half as much. And the, uh, the Agnes exchange is so funny. Like the cheat. I just love the pacing of like, I, I, I'm going for surgery tomorrow and I want to be blessed my foot. It's foot surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that clarification is just so unneeded and hilarious. And the return of the Marge yeah, yeah. from uh, <laughs> Twisted World. That, that could have been Agnes's catchphrase. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. And Agnes just being named uh, yeah. just <laughs> conspicuously is, is great too. Yeah, and uh, they even draw her with a cane she isn't normally wear, using, I think, oh, yeah. because I of her foot yeah, surgery. Yeah, that's true. I would assume. I also have a good gag of just opening the door and there's thousands of people behind it, or dozens of people behind it yeah. instantly. Homer is so cruelly yelling at everybody to just <laughs> go away. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Homer, though, goes all in on the angel. I mean, technically, he never calls it an angel. Here's the angel. See the angel. It's my angel. No one else is next to the rakes. It's not fair to claim this thing is an angel. There's no proof of that. No one's calling it an angel, Lisa. If you look carefully, you'll notice I never once used the word angel. What about that sign right there? That's a typo. <laughs> Just let me take it to the museum for one day. They can do scientific tests and prove it's not an angel. Oh, no, oh, no. We could lose out on bags and bags of money. It's sacrilegious, I tell you. It's <laughs> <laughs> another great exchange. So I don't. I still feel bad anytime Homer lies directly to Lisa. But <laughs> the, he's got money. Fee, he's got angel fever. He's got to sell. He's, yeah, yeah. He's uh, got to strike while it's hot. <laughs> and I like in his song that he makes sure to say it's by the rakes. That he's not going to move the rakes in his <laughs> uh, in his garage. No. It's just where they are. How many rakes do you need? Uh, you got to keep Sideshow Bob away. That's right. <laughs> That's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> Put them all in your driveway. Uh, uh, but so Lisa takes though secretly a toe off of the angel, and so testing a tiny sample of it—that's what reminds me most of the Shroud of Turin. Because I uh, I watched a whole special on testing the Shroud of Turin, which happened in in school. I watched it. Uh, it happened in like oh, the eighties. Educational. Or 90s. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they so they, they took a piece of it and carbon dated it. Or yes. Something? Yeah. They. I believe it's the Catholic Church that owns it, and mm-hmm. they didn't want it to. Uh, they wouldn't allow it to be tested for the longest time because you have to destroy a part of it to test it. Mm. That's how you carbon date stuff. Uh, but they finally allowed like a like tiny, tiny, like smaller than a stamp size piece of it to be cut off and then tested. The carbon dating, though, put it at the 1300s, you know, mm. more than a millennia after the death of Jesus Christ. Mm. So though the, the, on the, the counter to that is some people say, like, well, carbon dating, you know, this records thing, were spotty at best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, their biggest stance is like, well, it was in an area where there was a volcano once, and that mm. could have added extra carbon, and it messes with it. So, but uh, most apparently, most scientists in it believe the results to be accurate mm. on the Shroud of Turin. So, I, I am sorry, it, it is apparently a hoax, everyone. <laughs> It's as real as this angel bones. Lisa goes to the very well paid for natural history museum. At yeah. the, they can afford a whole whale, a living whale. That well fell on Jay Sherman. 
Right? <laughs> Same That's whale? right, yeah. Oh, Nothing's going to stop me now. <laughs> Dropped on him. I feel like the joke, that joke with the whale being alive must have gotten cut in syndication. Because oh, seeing yeah. It, yeah. Seeing it this time, I was like, oh, it was like a pleasant surprise. <laughs> it's an easy cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's more of a tone setter, and uh, but I I love the, just the whale sound. Like he's, it's also I I like that sound because it shows the whale isn't in pain. He's he's ha- he's like it's a good yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's doing okay. <laughs> Don't feel bad for the whale. He's uh, all right. And uh, yes, we have a uh, we have a special guest this episode, and oh no, an excuse to oh. play. Sadly, I'm sorry. The the death jingle. It's been a while. Death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is, death. Stephen Jay Gould mm-hmm. uh, died relatively young at age sixty in two thousand two. Yeah, wow. it's 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 rather sad when he uh, when he passed away. I think it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the early times where when a guest passed away, they would put like an in memoriam on a current episode oh, of The yeah, Simpsons. Yeah. And, and he was one of them in 2002, which would have been the uh, the season, I believe th- a season 13 episode mm. was one it went up on. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a big, I mean, it's uh, he was a celebrity scientist back in the day. He was uh, the... Uh, well, who's the guy now? Neil, Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. Yeah. yeah, he was the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the '90s with less issues. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at least he also taught a class that Cohen took in at Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah he mentions yeah. that on the commentary, I think. Which wasn't like he didn't even write Gould into the story. I bet, I bet in his original script because Cohen loves Frank so much. I bet it was just Frank who was hmm. doing the testing. Frank is a major character in like many Cohen episodes, or even his. House of Horror this year was was starts yeah, with right. old Frank. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but instead, it's, it's Stephen Jay Gould, who at the time was like uh, he's PhD, uh, popular paleontologist, uh, and he like had a ton of like pop science articles that would get like published mm-hmm. in real magazines. So he was a, he was a cool guy. And uh, I found a quote of his that I really like that was got I read on Twitter a while ago, but it's it's a quote of his on science versus classism i am somehow less interested in the weight and convolutions of einstein's brain than in the near certainty that people of equal talent have lived and died in cotton fields and sweatshops i've seen that a lot recently actually oh, yeah it's yeah. a cool I quote i like yeah. that one and he actually said that right yes okay. yeah this is well i mean you know if the this uh, this is, I've searched it on a couple sites to get that exact one. I bel- but I mean, I guess any quote can be faked. Uh, facts, <laughs> yeah. facts, Max. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like that he brought that kind of you know uh, moral vision to it too. That just like oh, I think people do worship Einstein just a little too. I mean, he did great stuff. It's not to say Einstein's bad, but there's more to science than that. And it's my, I, he makes a good point about like we're missing out by being so classist or racially racist or whatever in our history so many people have been just denied opportunities to have been that einstein too mm-hmm. well why do we hear stephen jay gould okay. here himself sure astonishing simply astonishing one of the most singular specimens i've encountered in all my distinguished career but enough about my work what did you <laughs> want to show me lisa it's a bonus scraping from that skeleton i found oh yeah the so-called angel the whole thing's preposterous of course quite preposterous but no one will believe me until I can prove what it really is. Can't you do a DNA test or something? Certainly. I'll have the results by tomorrow. Oh, thank you so much. Um, but you know, I can't afford to pay you. I didn't become a scientist for financial gain. 
Whatever little money you have will be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like they even pause for a little bit, like he's waiting for, like, hey, come on, get the, you know, the money. Yeah. Uh, there's a great sight gag in that scene where they pan by a uh, barber's jar of combs oh, in the foreground. Yeah, that's right. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I. I love the. I, I also love Stephen Gould. Like he, his voice is great. Like the, it's kind of like you know New York accent, but talking about uh, science is a fun. It's a fun just voice to hear. Yeah. And uh, there's a trilobite drawn in the background. Did you you listen to the commentary, David? Yeah. David Cohen's tra- trilobite yeah. story is so funny on there. Yeah. I think you probably heard it's it. The Nicholas Cage one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought Nicholas so. Cage. Nick yeah. Cage outbids him on all the trilobites, and he couldn't <laughs> and get one of them. That's hidden in some castle somewhere at this point. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he lost the rights to. We'll never see them. <laughs> Again, I, I, I feel like I've told this story multiple times, but it's just amazing to me that like he Nick Cage owned one of the like almost none in existence, incredibly rare action comics number one. Oh yeah. And it just got lost because somebody <laughs> broke into one of his houses he didn't go to that often and and stole it, among other wow. things. And he doesn't know when it was stolen because he didn't visit the place as much. Yeah. Like where is that now? <laughs> I know, you've got to figure it's being. I mean, that would be a hard one to resell. It'd be like the Mona Lisa or whatever, because there's just there. There's every, not that many of. Them. Yeah, and sometimes a new one is discovered, and you can sell it. Like, oh, I found a new one, mm-hmm. but that you know, that's this cover for stealing the. I now have a plan to steal the action comics, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's him also like talking ghoul talking up his own success there or how awesome his uh, research is pretty funny too. <laughs> uh when i first saw this episode i did not know who stephen jay gold was i didn't either yeah and i thought it was an original character oh. made up for the show because he was so funny uh <laughs> like so many of his lines were just really good uh he just came off as like oh a super smart uh blowhard who is maybe a little crooked. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually, it's a good point. I did. I didn't know who he was, but I had assumed he, I, he had to be a real person because he didn't sound like one of the voice actors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I did. I didn't, uh, but I didn't know he, I couldn't tell you who he was as a kid though. And back then I couldn't just go to Wikipedia and find out. I think all TV Simpsons told me after this air. Uh, who it was. Oh, what a helpful guy. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> when they weren't being mad about things, they were <laughs> information about things. This episode sucks, but this is who Stephen Jiggles is. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Then we go, we go back to the garage. Uh, we also get to see Lenny and Carl. I love their, when they're mad at each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> Season 8 is when the schism happened between yeah, Lenny and Carl. Something, <laughs> yeah. something bad went down with them. <laughs> They'll make up. They'll make up eventually. But uh, this, I also wondered if why they didn't... I, the pacing Does the pacing feel a little weird to you that they like... They introduced Steve J. Gould and then immediately close that plot line in the next scene, you know. Yeah, I forgot like, how little of him yeah. there was in this yeah. uh, this episode. <laughs> it was surprising. I I had a memory that he came came back at the end and he does, but mm-hmm. yeah, the way they close this off so quickly. But they need to do it so that they can step the plot out further that oh nobody's really sure yeah yeah and when you know the reveal at the end that he just didn't test it <laughs> it's uh, because 
this episode would have ended right here if he tested like, yeah, this was plastic. Like, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not real. <laughs> there's a cut line that they talk about, right, in the commentary oh, yeah. where yes. his, uh, we'll get to it at the end, but when he says, uh, I, I didn't do the test. It doesn't make any sense. There's no motivation there. Yeah. But the cut line, I think, is I had better things to do. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense, but the fact that he didn't do the test doesn't make any sense because he doesn't give any in, like motivation. No, it just seems very no. arbitrary. Yeah, I, I like, never liked that until I heard that about the cut line. I, like, I felt like it always just came off that oh he was lazy yeah it just felt like a kind of a cheap like we didn't know what to do with him yeah sort of (laughs) joke but i don't know because science can't have answers here or else the episode's over frankly he should not he should not be in this story at all (laughs) but uh he's a cool guest star oh they need they needed all the buzz they'd get from having the Uh, stephen jay gould (laughs) uh but yeah science has no answers I say it's the angel of peace, you idiot. I say it's the angel of mercy, you jerk. Excuse me. I took a piece of the skeleton for scientific analysis. Soon we'll have all the facts. You did what? what? I, you know what? I, I don't like that. <laughs> facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. Facts, Max. Ah, uh, here's Dr. Gould now. What were the results, Professor? Inconclusive. Inconclusive? Then why'd you come running up like that? Can I use your bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it appears science has faltered once again in the face of overwhelming religious evidence. (laughs) Go home, science girl. I am home. Good, stay there. <laughs> oh, another great Mo line. Yeah. Mo's got like five amazing lines in this episode. Mo's, good, stay Mo's, there. Mo's really doing good this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the it's a great. I, I love Lovejoy's line there, too. It's such a great reversal of, like, once again, science falls in the face of overwhelming religious evidence. <laughs> religious I, I just, evidence. I'm sorry. I like how Mo doesn't back down when she's, I am home. Good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. That's what he wanted. Yeah. yeah, he's he's perfectly happy with that result. <laughs> and he just turns his back on her, too. He's just like, good, stay there. <laughs> yeah, it's also great. It's such a great misdirect, too, just how he, he runs up breathlessly like he's in a if this in a movie he'd just say like it is an angel oh my right. god uh but instead he just needed to pee <laughs> pee for lucky yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> lisa's pissed at all these dumb yokels who believe in an angel skeleton and uh, that's when we get the introduction of the whole marge bit ah those morons make me so angry Maybe so, but I'd appreciate it if you didn't call them morons. But they are morons. What grown person could believe in angels? Well, your mother, for one. (laughs) You? But you're an intelligent person, Mom. There has to be more to life than just what we see, Lisa. Everyone needs something to believe in. It's not that I don't have a spiritual side. I just find it hard to believe there's a dead angel hanging in our garage. My poor Lisa. If you can't make a leap of faith now and then, well, I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Don't feel sorry for me, Mom. I feel sorry for you. Mm, That's harsh. (laughs) I love the clever bit of writing that they did 
Because Marge never specifies that she believes that this skeleton is an angel. Mm. She mentions a general belief in angels, which she could have as a person of faith. But even when Lisa rejoins that, well, you can't believe that this thing is an angel. She just still does not specify that I believe that (laughs) that is an angel. Therefore, placing Marge in like... It, it does help grow the story a little bit into something that is purely about the nature of faith and not about this one particular thing. Marge probably doesn't believe that this thing is actually an angel. Mm. She just believes angels exist in general, which I think is, which I think is like a, just a really clever trick of the writing. Yeah. And yeah. she's resisting joining the mob. Like, she's not yeah. part of the mob. She's she's living a normal life. And I think ultimately believing this is an angel does not cause any harm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes Homer richer, if anything. But <laughs> yeah. no one is uh, doing this for any nefarious purposes or, mm-hmm. you know, using it to justify any weird behavior or immoral behavior. <laughs> yeah. Outside I mean, of Homer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Outside of Homer's the one person. <laughs> now, I, well, on this, you know, I just remembered an episode that does explore this topic a little more later. It is when Lisa converts to Buddhism in the right here episode that one is marge is the one who takes it the most personally that lisa leaves their faith you know Mm -hmm. maybe this episode gave them the idea of like we could go more with this like faith faith off between the two of them Mm -hmm. that's another episode name later but uh, Mm -hmm. i did have a sting of familiarity of feeling like i had been that dismissive to someone who's just like i feel sorry for you like uh, right it's kind of it just has a a certain smug satisfaction to lisa that i'm like that's that's (laughs) mean it, and and I, I i feel like i definitely had was like that even if you're on lisa's side in this episode that scene will make you think like that is uh i like uh the intentions are pure but the execution not so much just mm. like what is what are you doing to be smug or to prove a point or like what right. is your ultimate goal with this with this uh, talk with your mother and it's nice because yeah marge is maybe the only person in this episode who uh is approaching the existence of this angel in a completely non-judgmental way. Yeah. Not even saying that, oh, the townspeople's belief in the angel is good. She's mm. just saying, ah, some people believe in things, and <laughs> it's a shame if you can't believe in something. She doesn't even mention specifically God or religion or <laughs> this angel. Um, so she's actually being pretty non-judgmental, which makes yeah. it all the more devastating when Lisa dumps on her. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, and so then we have our return of Smartline. Which yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Do you guys know which was the most recent appearance of Smartline no. before this one? I looked it up, but all right. Well, <laughs> it was it was Homer the Vigilante. It's been a long oh, time. Wow. Been, that's quite a while. Yeah. I feel like they didn't need a framing <laughs> device just to have this uh, thing happen anymore. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, Kent Brockman would just have he'd have people on the his show to talk to anyway <laughs> but i i miss smartline as a set piece like it's such a yeah. funny especially like parody of the like ted koppel talking head tv show <laughs> and, and lisa that lisa's been on it many times before yeah, I like her, that her thanks ken is very cute <laughs> yeah he said i i guess also you know in the in lisa the simpson she will appear on TV right again. yeah uh though for for a very different reason but yes bart is the only one who hasn't bart and maggie haven't been on Smartline yet but homer marge yeah. and lisa have now appeared <laughs> on it next on Smartline, the springfield angel controversy our guest tonight making her 13th appearance on Smartline, miss lisa simpson kent 
Miss <laughs> Simpson, how can you maintain your skepticism in spite of the fact that this thing really, really looks like an angel? I just think it's a fantasy. If you believe in angels, then why not unicorns or sea monsters or leprechauns? Oh, that's a bunch of baloney, Lisa. Everyone knows leprechauns are extinct. Look, you can either accept science and face reality, or you can believe in angels and live in a childish dream world. Science? What's science ever done for us? TV off. <laughs> science is like a blabbermouth who ruins a movie by telling you how it ends. Well, I say there are some things we don't want to know. Important things. Yeah! <laughs> Enough talk. It's smashing time. So Mo has a connect. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yes. He has like the first connect. <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes like, did Simpsons predicts Alexa? Uh, write yeah. that article, Henry. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, but T, I mean, I think there were they were starting to introduce technology like that in the 90s. Like mm-hmm. in popular science, you maybe would have heard of a TV controlled right. by voice. It's stuff. one of those jokes that was a joke about r- ridiculous technology <laughs> that that no one would ever need that yeah. is now just like our normal lives. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, at first, I didn't like having an Alexa. I still feel like my every conversation is being listened to. Uh, if it I comes think on about during recording, much. sometimes oh, I boy. unplugged the living room okay. one. That doesn't happen anymore. That's good. That's good. Uh, but it is in the be- the bedroom one. I it's become too, so easy to be like, oh, uh, timer set for thirty minutes. Echo set timer for thirty minutes. Or Echo, what's the weather today? Like it just it is easy. <laughs> I, it, that, those are the only things I would. Yeah, it's faster to do it than pulling up my phone and typing it in. But that's kind of it. I still wouldn't tell say like. Echo, order me food, or Echo, <laughs> buy this thing. But can you say TV off? <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, it's not attached to the TV yet. I don't have a smart okay. TV. <laughs> you can't do light. I mean, I've seen in the Echo commercials, you can attach it to your lights somehow. And I see. Make it turn out the lights. <laughs> but uh, it is also, like, it is literally a listening device. Like, that's that's what it is. So in that way, it's creepy, sure. <laughs> and also, yeah, I like Ned. He's kind of complaining about spoiler culture. Important before. thing. <laughs> yeah. Important thing. <laughs> and also that Agnes is ready to be violent at a moment's notice. I guess too. the foot surgery worked out, right? Yeah, yeah. She's she's fit as a fiddle. She's caneless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I have to say, Lisa here, her speech there is basically the same smug speech that like Bill Maher gives at the end of uh, his religious mm, movie. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. uh, that movie's bad and he's a bad person. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. But uh, so uh, it's hard to like Lisa in those moments because she's just so she's she's being so smug. I can see why the, the townsfolk got a bit angry at that. The thing, though, I feel like and this is sort of like a thing about Lisa and where the character might get taken. But I do feel like Lisa's smugness here uh, is very precocious Mm. and uh, it's heightened in a way that like a kid would be smug and precocious. She hasn't yet become truly uh, looking down on everybody. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like this nice, I don't know. There's a nice balance where, yeah, she's being smug, but it's like funny how bitter she is about it. You know, <laughs> definitely, it's the kind of naivete of a child of like, well, I have all the answers. I read some books. Yeah, I know it all. Yeah. I that was me. Like that's it is the. I I don't like it out of recognition of yeah. Like, well, the way like you know she even says to Doctor Gould like. 
quite preposterous. Like, like that, <laughs> you know, she's kind of trying to like, j- you know, jump on this wave of skepticism. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. She's posturing a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really cute because I think, yeah, we all have gone through a version of that mm. where you're just like, I'm going to freak out some squares and tell them <laughs> everything they believe isn't true. You know? Here's how Thanksgiving really happened. <laughs> uh, I, I love, I, do love Kent's stance and like, but it really, really looks like an angel. <laughs> and, uh, and as we all know, leprechauns are actually jockeys. That's, uh, that's right. Oh, that's true. Yes. That's coming up. <laughs> so they, they aren't extinct. <laughs> what do you think of that one? And was that, is that oh, one the jockey? Yeah. Le- Saddle sore Galactica. That was up there as one of the ones that really got me between that and dude, where's my ranch? Mm. I think, those were like some of the ones that really got me to kind of take a step back from the show and sort of stop labeling it as my favorite show of all time and stuff like that. Yeah. On the yeah. commentary, you can hear Matt Groening hear it for the first time or watch it for the first yes, time. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, it's not so bad. <laughs> he had heard he hated it. But yeah. He, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that one again. Yeah. I think I won't be as harsh on it as I was that's, then. Too. That's the thing. I, I feel like if I revisited those episodes, I wouldn't be... So upset about them. Uh, mm. But at the time, I don't know, for some reason, like as like a bitter cartoon watching <laughs> kid, you know, <laughs> I just had to pick at it. And uh, now as an adult who makes cartoons for a young audience, mm-hmm. uh, I think I have endured the karmic punishment of people <laughs> picking apart every single thing that I've done and tell me how awful I am oh, for doing it. Uh, <laughs> so. Stop saying that people. It's great. <laughs> oh no. I mean, look, I can take it. Look, I was right there doing it to, uh, the Simpsons. So I feel like, if I could dish it out so hard as a teen, <laughs> I can definitely take some bitter teens getting angry. Well, that, you know, with some of the stuff you worked on, like it has been on long enough where a kid could have watched it at 10 and is now 15 oh, yeah. and they've become like, it's true, we yeah. were 15 when this mm-hmm. episode aired and we started to turn on the Simpsons too. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I think even it's even shorter now. Um, I think like when we were kids, TV shows were institutions, but I think nowadays, like, you know, a TV show might be something you see on streaming that only exists for 10 episodes. And you <laughs> might think it's the coolest thing one month. And then next month you're like, I don't watch that. That stinks. You <laughs> yeah. know, Uh, There's way too many pieces of media. And also, I mean, what kid is sitting down to watch TV? If Mm. we're lucky, it's just on a screen in the background while they're playing Fortnite. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was thinking of Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, This is not a Fortnite stream, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these characters? Exactly. I, I don't know how I got on this list for the promoted tweets, but I'm getting a lot of promoted tweets that are pro Fortnite players <laughs> and it's a play of the game, but I believe they're promoted by other brands because it oh. auto plays an ad first, but wow. it's just so weird that I'm like, how do I get on this Fortnite <laughs> list? Twitter? Why, why do you think I miss? I don't follow any Fortnite players. Like this is not a judgment on playing Fortnite. I'd be, I'd be pretty disingenuous. So I was like, 
oh, I grew up playing video games all the time, but now this Fortnite, these kids are playing video games wrong. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, it comes it comes right back to, you know, I could dish it out back then, like, <laughs> but I couldn't take it, you know? I'm like, this is the future of video gaming, playing, you know, whatever PS1 games I was playing <laughs> yes, at the time. Yeah. And, you know, if I can't look at a kid playing Fortnite and be like, well, that's the future. Yeah. <laughs> then a, I would be a terrible person. Uh, like, Minecraft is old now. Now. That's an yeah, old yeah, game. Uh, yeah. now. <laughs> and Minecraft, similar to what you're talking about, about people growing out of things, mm. Minecraft is one of those things. Like, there's a generation of slightly older kids now who played Minecraft to death when they were in elementary school, and now they're like, yeah. Minecraft is terrible. It's the worst thing that ever existed. <laughs> it's about it a went, decade old now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they wow. talk about how it went downhill and how terrible it is now. Wow. So, you know, it happens to everything. Yeah, it just <laughs> it happened. I, I feel like when we in the generation before us, were they saying like mash is jump the shark? <laughs> mash oh, is yeah. how I remember. Sh- I, like I said, I, I, I think they probably were just on a slower timeline, mm. you know, like you could, a thing could stay around for longer cause it was expected to. Yeah. So the mob begins, they are smashing it up. You get to hear the Planet of the Apes music, which is perfect. Oh, like yeah. Very popular on the series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Fox music. They can get it for free, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, but it's also perfectly placed because, like, among many things, the Planet of the Apes movie is, a, the first one, is a commentary on the Scopes Monkey Trial. Right. So it's, you're in a similar area for this episode. I do wonder what Moe's original line was because when he gets crushed by that yeah. thing, it's... Uh, it's pretty bad yeah, ADR. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Why? Because he's walking around the rest of the episode too. So <laughs> that it's is like, true. Why have him say he's paralyzed? Don't it's diagnose just... your own your own paralysis, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad idea. I'm guessing that's why he is not actually paralyzed because yeah. he misdiagnosed it. Right. Maybe he was just in shock. Let's say. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, and we get to see uh, Robbie the Automaton. Yeah, on it was fire. Cool to see Robbie. Will appear later. This is his first appearance. Actually, he'll be in this little wiggy later on in the season. That's right. Choking Principal Skinner. <laughs> There's a man in a tree controlling him, right? Or no? Yes, okay. Yeah. And then we also get the Christian. Si- I really love that. The Christian science reading room is getting burned, burned out by the yeah. Christians. That's a great. That is a good guy. Uh, and yeah, uh, after seeing all this, Lisa thinks it's time to end it all. Technocrats are learning a lesson in humility tonight <laughs> as angel supporters lay waste to Springfield's scientific institutions. I wish I'd never found those stupid bones. It's time to put an end to this. Bart, I'm borrowing your blue crowbar. Good old Bluey. (laughs) Hey, she's going (laughs) to smash the angel. Somebody stop her. (laughs) (gasps) It's gone. Oh, no. This can't be happening. What the hell are we going to do with 10,000 angel ashtrays? (laughs) I can take up smoking. You damn well better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he gets both act break jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, 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 Homer's a good joke device. You got to lean on him. I like I, it. Yeah. I love Homer's it. sitting on the couch yelling. Somebody <laughs> stop her. It's great. <laughs> All just standing back. <laughs> and uh, they really don't stop her. She could have completely destroyed it by the time they get in there. The uh, I I also this in the glow sticks I just love that Homer buys all these like cheap things that you would that you can slap any label on <laughs> though the glow sticks like don't even have an angel picture on it they're no. just glow just 
some glow sticks. I, uh, my parents would not buy those for me when we would go to like Disney on ice or whatever. Cause, and they were right. They were wasting money. I'd yeah. use them at the ice rink and then never again. <laughs> Yeah, so we go to the act break. We come back. Uh, Lisa is confronted by the mob who now they're convinced she destroyed it, which, again, when you know the ending of this, it's pretty impressive that the mall guys were able to break into the garage and steal the famous angel skeleton without anybody seeing it. It's a pretty solid plan, and knowing that they (laughs) definitely planned on all of that happening. The town idiot to steal it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, maybe they've been casing the Simpsons uh, house for months. Months uh, for days now, yeah. and planning to break in. Like they, they just <laughs> finally figured it out. Or I mean, Homer would definitely not leave it secure. That's not what Homer would do. Uh, but yeah, I. So when they confront her, it's a, it's a bit harsh to hear Ned call her the unbeliever. Mm. Like he's transformed quite a lot from uh, from Angel Fever. We've come for the angel, Homer. It's not safe with the unbeliever. It's gone. We're too late, little girl. What have you done with our precious angel? Nothing. Someone must have stolen it. Looks to me like Lisa Simpson found something science couldn't explain, so she had to destroy it. Well, that's all the evidence I need. <laughs> Arrest the girl. <gasps> what? Hey, she didn't do anything. Give her a nice cell. Something in Seabock. <laughs> I think this is her first official arrest in the series. Mm. Oh, huh. she's Could be right. Yeah. Uh, she is now the fourth. Nope. Well, nope. Uh, Maggie was never arrested for nobody. We can have the baby, uh, but baby Texas, uh, but this is the, she is the fourth family member to be arrested in the series. Mm-hmm. Homer many times over, but let's just say when he got shot, he was a suspect in Burns March for stealing the bourbon Bart as, uh, the kingpin of, the mafia yeah and now lisa here i i just love wiggum saying that's all the evidence i need he just busts out the cup yeah uh and then we get this next scene which is such a wonderful one of my favorite oh, mr so great yeah. I and i love the screaming blue-haired lawyer yes yeah, yeah. yeah. lisa simpson you are charged with destruction of an historic curiosity a misdemeanor but in a larger sense this trial will settle the age-old question of science versus religion let the opening statements commence your honor over the coming weeks and months we intend to prove lisa simpson willfully destroyed there's the angel (laughs) i find the defendant not guilty as for science versus religion, I'm issuing a restraining order. Religion must stay 500 yards from science at all times. Gotta let my fake out so <laughs> yeah, much. It's really uh. good. Uh, watching this again, I forgot that there was a courtroom scene in it, and then <laughs> listening to the commentary and finding out that the courtroom scene was apparently much larger aspect of the original uh, okay. story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it totally leads you there in the plot. Like they, the third act could easily, that's why it's such a great mystery. Cause the third act could easily just be the trial of yeah. Lisa Simpson. But then when he says weeks and months, you're wondering <laughs> how can they do this in three minutes? Yeah. <laughs> like months yeah. of trials. Well, that's like, it also feels like a parody on how in not just Simpsons, but in television court, 
court cases last an afternoon. They do not last as long as they do in real life. (laughs) Uh, And so they point out like, no, this will be months. It's a court case. Yeah. Uh, And, and yeah, I mean the trial of uh, like uh, Souter even super promotes it. Like this is the battle of science versus religion. We're going to figure it out at this (laughs) trial. And just though it's, it's perfect that it's Lenny to Lenny of all people. Like, hey, there's the angel. They like, it's canceled. Mo had too many lines. Yeah. So far. Yeah, he gets another good one right right after this. Yeah. Uh, then right up here on a zebra. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that line is really good. <laughs> the they climb up the mountain and see the the menacing message from the angel. I uh when you guys were kids, did you ever get into like doomsday fears or dread or anything? Huh, not really. I didn't. I was more into aliens and mm. uh ghosts and stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I liked alien stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I did uh, I did a little bit. I uh definitely would watch uh occasionally I would turn to like Christian television in the like Sunday morning evangelist stuff. And there was that, there was one that stuck with me is like in the year 2000, that's the end of the world. Give us some money. Mm. Like that was their, their stance. And so that really, that scared me for a little bit as a kid. And definitely I had some Y2K fears like sort of related to that. This reminds this whole premise here of the end of the world being given to them or the rapture, maybe even it, uh, do you guys remember in 2011 when they, the one guy heavily promoted the rapture was, coming Harold camping was it like a 2012 thing I was thinking of that yeah Yeah. Uh, no this uh, 2012 was also done but this was uh, maybe it was only in I swear it it was I felt like it was heavily promoted at least all over California there Mm. was uh, this religious leader let's call him Harold camping who was this like he self described biblical scholar who said he had heavily studied the Bible and that he knew when the rapture was going to come mm. and it was going to be May 20th, 2011. And for like months and months, there were billboards like on the way, there was at least one billboard ad on the way to my office that advertised like the end is near, the rapture's coming, what are you going to do? <laughs> and so it then became like kind of a joke in the office like, well, tomorrow's the rapture, what are you going to do? And <laughs> I never really believed in it, but I, not unlike Lisa at the end of this episode, I did have a moment on the day of like, but what if this was the rapture? Right, what right. Would that but do? that guy was also 90 years old. He was an old man. Pretty convenient <laughs> for the world to end when you're 90. Yeah. <laughs> and like, when well, he, I'm done. The world should be done too. <laughs> well, when you dug into it more, he had apparently like 10 years before predicted the rapture already. And he's like, oh, wait, I misread this one bit, but now I know it's 2011. And I only remember the day too, because it was the day that Macho Man Randy Savage passed away and, oh wow uh, that was the so, so maybe that's what it was <laughs> it uh, it was the rapture just for him yeah uh, now that's what happened in the office it changed the dialogue we had been talking all about what if it was the end of the world and then it's like oh no randy savage died like all right let's talk about that yeah now. uh but yes the the end is near look a message and we'll come at sundown <laughs> wait a second i don't like the sound of that I'm scared, Daddy. Too scared to even wet my pants. It's okay, son. Just relax and it'll come. (laughs) Even Lisa Simpson must now agree we have witnessed a miracle. Hardly. Anyone could have written that. Oh, Angel, listen not to this child of Satan. Reverend, I gotta admit, this doomsday warning has me just a smidge Twitter-pated. Oh, now be calm, Ned. But be afraid also, (laughs) tremendously afraid, for the day of reckoning is upon us. (gasps) Reckoning? No! I, I, that's another, like, perfect... 
turn joke. Yeah, be like, calm, but be afraid. <laughs> yeah. Be afraid. Also, <laughs> tremendously afraid. Uh, and yeah, the, it's, the more I think about it, the weirder it is how uh, Wiggum is it, instructing Ralph in how to pee his pants. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so come. good. Uh, <laughs> quite a scam by the mall people, too, that they then also have to put it back on top of a hill, which I wonder, too, this hill, it reminds me of the top of the hill where they sing K Sarah, Sarah. Oh, yeah, okay. it's true. Um, yeah, when we were gonna watch this episode again someone who heard us was like oh the one where they all uh, go into the bunker at the end right and we're like no <laughs> that's Different another Doomsday. one yeah <laughs> but yeah it's got it's got a very similar feel to it yeah it's uh you know this is a maybe this is a reason why like the charm started to wear off for us a little on simpsons even in a great episode like this you have seen so many that you think like well this story is not an intentional copy or anything, right. but it does remind me of a thing I saw the Simpsons kind do already. Kind of like another one. Yeah. 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 And when, when you get that feeling, it does kind of uh, remove a little of the charm, I suppose. Hmm. But, uh, but this, this is funny enough on its own for sure. The only scene in this that really like kind of goes thud for me just a little bit is the cut to the Pope. Just cause I'm like, what? It just feels weird to leave Springfield for yeah. like one second in the show. I guess it's just another, uh, misdirect, uh, <laughs> cutaway where you, you think it's going to become, you know, international news and it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, that is a good point. It, it does work for that. But uh, me, meanwhile, everyone else is preparing for the end of the world. This could be our last day together, my love. How about a farewell romp in the garden of earthly delights? <laughs> oh, Edna, my sweet buttercup, you read my mind. Just uh, give me 20 minutes or so to finish these tardy slips. <laughs> Why are we getting dressed up, Mom? Are we going to Black Angus? Well, you might say we're going to the best steakhouse in the whole universe. So we're not going to Black Angus. (laughs) Will you leave me alone? It's bad enough you're making me go to your stupid judgment day. Please, Lisa. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I really wish we could make peace before sunset. Nothing is going to happen, Mom. I hate to disappoint you, but the world is not coming to an end. Hmm. It's uh, it's a fun exchange. I like Bart. Uh, okay, so I've never been to Black Angus. I haven't either. There is uh. a Black Angus right near where me and Toby work, and <laughs> we, I, we, I pass it every day, thinking, is this where this joke came from? Because <laughs> it's uh, it's right in Burbank, basically, where a lot in a very heavily densely populated area, <laughs> and I just look at it all the time. I have been there. Eh, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's just kind of rare I even go to a steakhouse and so and but there I looked on a map like the nearest one to my home is like in San Jose area or something. Mm. It's 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 miles and miles away. It's like an oddly specific joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think it's like a very it's maybe mm. is it the most well-known chain steakhouse? Mm. I guess that would be Outback. Yeah, I would think yeah. Outback. Yeah. And in my area, we had Tony Roma. Well, I guess Tony Roma's is more of a ribs place than a <laughs> steak place. Uh, maybe, but... I think I, it would be the Outback. Had they expanded that as far in 97, though? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, the Austin Powers uh, baby back ribs joke was in 99. Oh, so yeah. It was big enough then to make a riff on the commercial, so... Right. Uh, you know, I I know my family was eating at Outback. My dad my dad loved a strip mall steak place. <laughs> it's one of his 
favorite. But it's a really good joke. The the <laughs> rhythm the rhythm of it is just perfect perfect. And I, I love how excited Bart is. Uh, but then he's also like, Well, it's also not great. He's pretty catty about black Angus. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't say no to black Angus, mm-hmm. but he won't admit that he, he will admit it's not the best yeah, exactly. in the universe. Uh, you know, I bet it is them joking about where they order lunch. I, I Oh, uh, that's I, very possible. Or at least like one of the one of the places they would order from like i think islands burgers is one they bring up a lot on the commentary uh, islands is there's an islands also oh, very yeah. close to that black angus so <laughs> it's very possible that they're just places they ordered lunch from <laughs> uh mike scully has a funny funny joke about that on the commentary because he's like he loves to think that there was some brand manager who here's the first part of that joke and he's just like <laughs> yes. all right free advertising oh oh no <laughs> <laughs> I like when they, they take not shots. the worst. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Worst. <laughs> it's not as it's not as mean as they were to uh, to Butterfingers in, in a couple true. of years. Yeah, that's true. Even the fire, and uh, I do like the little gag before that with Skinner and the tardy slips. It makes you think like, how many tardy slips have I? The what the metaphorical tardy slips in my life? Why? <laughs> how many of those did I sign instead of uh, instead of having earthly delight? Uh, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they head up to the mountain for the end. The whole. A good amount of the town is there. Not everybody. It's it's a decent sized crowd. It's enough to be like, yeah, that's pretty much everyone in the town. But we don't have to see a ton of people who are surely there, but off camera. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, we get uh, a rather morbid joke that like we beat cancer as they (laughs) take another (laughs) cigarette puff. And uh, and. I really like the animation. Like it's one of the best like animation moments where Smithers kisses Burns. Oh yeah, that's yeah. beautifully drawn. Yeah, <laughs> like the way he just grabs him. It is like kind of filmed like in a romantic comedy or something. Mm-hmm. It's a cute moment, and it's like the most uh, overt he's gotten sexually. I, yeah. maybe in the show. It's definitely the first time he's kissed a man on the show. I think the end is near. Well, there you go. I hope you all learned a vast... Silence! (laughs) (gasps) Prepare for the end. The end of high prices. Behold! The grand opening of the Heavenly Hills Mall. Please follow the angel for all your shopping needs. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. It's stuck in a tree. Uh, yeah, I love that part. It's like hitting the, it with the, stick. Great, the yeah. stick. It's it's such a great cheat that they don't draw one wire on it when it flies into yeah. the air. But once it's revealed, the wire is so obvious. It's like a huge rope. Also, there's a weird um, like blink if you'll and you'll miss it. But like when the angel starts talking. Millhouse cowers and grabs Agnes. In oh, fear. Yeah. And it's just that's strange. Those yeah. two characters. She uh, would normally hate Millhouse touching yeah. her. Really, any child. Uh, well, and uh, oh, and also in the audience we see like Apu with Manjula, which right they got married in just the previous episode to yeah. this, and they're already being drawn together. That's yeah. that's interesting. Like production order timing too. Like some definitely some inter because it would it wouldn't have been the same direction. 
directing staff. No, or no. So someone it. must have known where the episodes were going to land. Yeah. So I like the care in that too. That they they got them together, and I I love that picture of him crusty with Mister Teeny together, just like staring. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's who they they do like. Well, who would Krusty be with? I guess Mister Teeny. I looked up if uh, Heavenly Hills Mall ever came back or recurred in any way, and mm-hmm. it and it did not. Really, oh, wow. I think any time they visited a mall after this, they just used Springfield Mall again. Mm. I guess it's an item you can buy in Tapped Out, but I guess that's uh. it. That's its only other appearance. Okay. If that's that's too bad. They should, yeah, at least one more visit to the Heavenly yeah. Hills Mall. Maybe they don't drive up that way too often, yeah. I guess. I guess maybe, like, when I was watching it, I was trying to rationalize it to myself. <laughs> like, I guess maybe this is slightly out of town or something. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem, you know, uh, a lot of empty space in that area. Yeah. It definitely feels like on the outskirts. I think uh, in my pl- town growing up in Orange Park, Florida, there was, like, the new mall that at first, didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. stuff around it and then they started just building stuff around it right like it yeah, was mall first and then tract housing it does happen <laughs> and uh yeah the the obviousness of the angel and just how it gets stuck in the tree and then gets uh pasted on just slams into the <laughs> building and it's there forever and i do like that lisa she's done acting smug she's actually defending the people who actually just got her arrested which is yeah this yeah. is a nice turn for her i right? do like Wait a second. You planted a phony skeleton for me to find. This was all a big hoax. (laughs) Not a hoax. A publicity stunt. You exploited people's deepest beliefs just to hawk your cheesy wares? Well, we are outraged, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we're outraged. Very, uh, <laughs> very much so. But look at all the stores. <laughs> a, a pottery barn. And 20% off everything? Hey, does that include rat spray? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of my way, shorty. Hey. I don't understand, Professor. Why didn't your test show the skeleton was a fake? I'm going to be honest with you, Lisa. I never did the tests. <laughs> just, I kind of like the meanness of like I never did the test, just leaves. Yeah, it's uh, it's more of a punch, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's things more now that I know there was another line there. Just right? Like, well, why right. didn't he? It's less logical. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I guess it punches a little harder. As, yeah, as a punchline, he just he simply didn't care. That's why. Yeah, and I love Wiggum's like uh, oh very much so, but uh, <laughs> everyone's forgiven them instantly. Lisa's the only one who even cares that they did that but it is a great turn for lisa and it's actually like a pretty subtle one that you know she did retain some of the stuff that marge told her Mm. you know that it is important to believe in stuff yeah and that she she is insulted on their behalf because she does she now does care about their right to believe something yeah and is more is definitely much more mad at the exploitation of it than Mm -hmm. uh, than the people who believe it oh it's weird though that okay it's weird to me that agnes calls most shorty because it's not particularly <laughs> short it's mm. uh i i wonder if curly she's, she's, yeah now curly that would work yeah it's just kind of a generic insult line <laughs> i guess and then there's a little moment with burns and smithers like what do you take burns's look to me and like does he think he's weird or does he's like mm. why are, or is he like smithers why are you going back in the closet it's like, the end of these jokes <laughs> something yeah. gay perhaps it um <laughs> it, it was weird watching it again that joke really 
just did feel like, oh, they actually can't do something that's like outright taking Smithers to task just for being gay. Mm -hmm. So it had to be a character moment between the two of them, (laughs) you know, and it's really just Burns maybe not knowing what's going on, but suddenly getting an inkling, uh, which is which is funny because how could he not know at this point? (laughs) He kissed me on the lips. Something's odd Mm -hmm. about this Smithers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like it's a better way to take that joke than just like outright demonizing Smithers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we have the this rather sweet a- ending. Mm-hmm. I I especially like the the dialogue choice by Marge here of calling calling Lisa an angel at the end is, is mm. really cute. Well, I guess you were right, honey. But you have to admit, when that angel started to talk, you were squeezing my hand pretty hard. <laughs> well, it was just so loud and <laughs> thanks for squeezing back. Anytime, my angel. Oh, it's very sweet. It's yeah. great. It's just pleasant and like yeah. you know, no one neither Marge or or Lisa like holds the other like accountable mm-hmm. like haha, mm-hmm. you know, I've proven my point. No, I've proven mine. It's <laughs> it's just very like understated. It's yeah. Great. And it's March who gives up first to just like, well, yeah, that angel was fake, wasn't it? Like, yeah. and, and Lisa, they they both agree. It, it, it's a it's a sweet moment. And her just calling her my angel is just a nice a nice callback to just this yeah. the entire angel plot yeah. of this whole episode. And Lisa can't deny her, her uh, humanity, even though she's a logic lord. She's like, yeah. I'm still afraid of death, and I still <laughs> love my mother. So of course. yeah, I believe enough to be terrified in this moment when, when I'm being fooled into thinking it's the rat. Sure. Though, of course, I mean, my headcanon is Marge never believed in the angel mm. uh, and saw this all as a teaching moment for Lisa. Ah, <laughs> you know, I like that. Yeah. I like that it gives even more, you know, sometimes they don't give enough like agency or forethought to Marge or cleverness. So yeah. I, I like that reading too, that Marge yeah. is like, uh, time to, t- this can be a parable for Lisa. Yeah. I think the show supports that reading too. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think you're right. Uh, and uh, well, last note for the comments. They mentioned that they they had discussed apparently having a the a song by Jimi Hendrix called Angel over the credits. Oh, but uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty expensive. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling I that went that that plan went through uh, down pretty fast. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked to find out. Apparently, I didn't dig too hard, but YouTube doesn't really have Jimi Hendrix like originals on there. I think he's one of those artists who keeps their stuff off of YouTube still holding onto it tight. Which is weird. Cause like Prince, well, the Prince estate gave up on that. They did put like Prince when he was alive, didn't want anything on the internet pretty famously, but now all of his stuff's on YouTube or prime instant or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it seems like the, uh, the the Hendrix estate is holding out, but uh, maybe this episode will end with a Hendrix song. (laughs) You can't stop me for it. That's true. (laughs) Podcast, podcast, You know, this was a sweeter episode than I remembered, full mm-hmm. full of some really funny jokes and really good lines, especially, you know, I really underestimated Mo in this one. Yeah. <laughs> he had so yeah. many great lines in this episode. Yeah. I, I will say this every season nine episode, but it's like, this was better than I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I look at season nine, I see a lot of episodes where I'm like, oh, I might not think that the story is the strongest story, but it's still full of really good character moments and really good jokes. 
jokes. There's nothing yet where I feel like uh, the jokes are are betraying the characters to mm. the point where they're unrecognizable. Uh, the characters are still the characters. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's like not as much heart, but it's kind of <laughs> hard to find that heart in, you know, after like nine seasons of television, you know, finding new dimensions to the characters is probably pretty difficult. And so, you know, this episode is a pretty good triumph uh, for that, finding a new dimension. In, yeah, they, in they did still find heart for the this story and that yeah. emotional core to it. Well, David Cohen is one of their best writers in this mm-hmm. season. For sure, yeah. He's, I we've, we've said it before, but the the imagined like ninth or tenth season that David Cohen could have overseen if he wasn't on Futurama. Right. I, I mean, what you can even think, I haven't put out this dream scenario, but what if, you know, Mike Scully just did the regular two seasons that everybody did, mm. and then it mm. was like season 11 is Cohen took over, like say, oh, Futurama got canceled after two seasons. Now David Cohen can run The Simpsons. Mm. Like, that would have been an interesting an interesting time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I like this episode a lot. It could end up being the best one of nine, uh, mm. just going off of what I know so far, but I like it a lot. I'm glad we didn't talk about how the internet ruined this sort of discourse for everyone. Yeah. And what internet yeah. atheists turn into. Let's not talk about yeah. that. It's yes. easy to find. Just go on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, it's very sweet. Again, I like more of Marge in Act 1, sort of, you know, at odds with yeah. Lisa, or at least representing Marge as someone who's more open-minded or more believing in people. But sure. as it stands, I think it's very strong, and I really liked using it as a teaching aid in my class. Just I, I was really mm. fun hearing what students would read into this. Very different opinions from this episode, mm. for sure. So, Ian, you're a special guest for this episode. Please talk about your amazing TV show that's on the air right now, where we can find it. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, um, I am the creator of a show called OKKO Let's Be Heroes. It's uh, made by Cartoon Network, and uh, you can find it on Hulu now. They've got the whole first season and some of the second season. You can also find it on the Cartoon Network app if you have that. But yeah, also, it's on TV sometimes, but you know, (laughs) Uh, who's counting? But yeah, if... uh, Give it a look if you like Simpsons and especially sort of like the feeling of a whole mob of weird characters. <laughs> and uh, if you also have a soft spot for like season one Simpsons wonky animation, I think you'll really <laughs> enjoy it. Oh, so. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, we'd, we'd love to have you back. And yeah, if folks want to learn more about OKKO and also hear our po- us podcasting, you and your co-executive producer, Toby Jones, did a whole What a Cartoon podcast about yeah. it, which folks should, uh, I believe it'll be posting soon after this episode. And it's a very long episode. Yes. <laughs> so we know you like those. <laughs> Check it out. So thanks again to Ian Jones-Cordy. We are now two weeks in the future. <laughs> I remember just being full of Mexican food and not knowing how sick I would become the next day. <laughs> not from the Mexican food, just no. unrelated illness. I have to get sick every time I go to L.A. It's tradition. <laughs> that was uh, quite a recording night with Ian. Ian fucking rules. Ian Jones-Cordy, the coolest. And I mean, it also was too bad. Like Toby Jones, who's been on the other podcast with him, he had to bow out because he wasn't feeling very yeah, well either. I was infected by Toby. <laughs> That's okay. He makes and, good cartoons. But Ian spent the entire day with us. God damn. Like, like, what he a nice spent guy. Uh, about four hours on that OKKO podcast with us. Then we went out to get Mexican food. Then we came back <laughs> and recorded for another two hours of uh, Lisa the Skeptic. And we all couldn't stop apologizing yeah. to each other. It was very cute. We, yeah. I mean, we did, with Ian, we spent 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. with him. Like eight, eight full hours, a full workday with this guy who is a professional voice actor and showrunner and animator of his own show. Like, yes. he, we appreciate it so much. I did have to laugh at by 
by the like fourth time that every time we would take a break, we'd be like, I'm sorry it's taking <laughs> so long. No, I'm sorry. It's no, taking- I'm we, scum. We all loved how long it took. We loved talking for that long. We just felt like uh, we were worried that we were taking too long with the other person. But it turns out we all just love podcasts so much. We love them so much. And again, please let Ian know that you loved him on the show. He was so great on the show. And next time we go back to LA, we'd love to have him back again. And I think it's probably very likely he will be back unless he's very, very busy on uh, working on another cartoon or mm-hmm. whatever else he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody, everybody should watch OKKO Let's Be Heroes. If you're in North America, it's on the Hulu app. You can watch it on Hulu, the first like 70-ish episodes. And if you're, you know, if you have access to the Cartoon Network app and love watching commercials for McDonald's uh, or uh, Cheez-Its, you can see uh, the episodes on there. But it's such a great show. Everybody watch OKKO. Yes, we hardly endorse it. In fact, I didn't get to start watching it until we did the episode for What a Cartoon because I've just been so busy preparing things and doing other things. And I really got into it preparing for the show. So I I really endorse it. It's great. It's got great animation and great stories and great music and great uh, characters. But as for us, we are all part of the Talking Simpsons Network. This show is supported by that network. And if you want to help support the show and get all kinds of cool bonuses on top of that, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you donate at the $5 level, $5 a month will get you every episode of this podcast one week ahead of time and ad free. And the same goes for our sister show, What a Cartoon. You also get all of the bonus podcasts and series on the $5 level, like Talking Critic and Talking Futurama and the new and currently running Talking of the Hill, where we go through the first season of King of the Hill with the Talking Simpsons treatment. There's also other stuff on that level, like interviews, community podcasts every month, so many surprises and bonus things. If you've never been a member of the Patreon, uh, signing up today will get you so much bonus content, you won't be able to handle it. You'll have to take days off of work. (laughs) On that same LA trip, we interviewed Josh Weinstein in his office and you can hear our interview with him on the patreon right now yep. if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and if you want to be a big spender and sign up at the ten dollar level you'll get all of the five dollar bonuses and also you'll get access to our newest podcast the what a cartoon movie podcast where you look at a different cartoon movie every month they are super sized podcasts our last one about a goofy movie was i believe over three and a half hours long and that'll take you a whole day to just chow through <laughs> betty but yeah, yeah. Even though it's technically a once a month podcast, it's more like you're getting two podcasts yeah, or even three. Almost three at this point. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. we make it worth it. We want to oh. give you the most for your for your podcasting buck. Mm-hmm. And that $10 will get you everything we've done for that series so far. So four episodes of What a Cartoon Movie. And also 18 months of our previous video content we did at that $10 level. So we've got tons of videos waiting there for you as well, along with the four so far What a Cartoon Movies and one a month in the future. Yes. Uh, look forward to whatever Marches is going to be. And you'll learn about that first if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons as for me i've been one of your hosts bob mackey find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast is retronauts a classic gaming podcast every monday and occasionally friday please go to retronauts.com or look for retronauts in your podcast machine i think you'll like it please download an episode about a topic you like and then maybe subscribe to it why don't you henry how about you you can find me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g that's where you can hear all about the new news in the world of Henry Gilbert. Also, my reactions to, say, when I see a new cartoon by Ian Jones Cordy, like OKKO, or his recent additions to the season finale of Steven Universe. Also, you'll find out whenever a new podcast or something goes live on the Patreon, because I'll tweet it out. Follow me there, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks so much for joining us.
this, folks. We'll see you next week for the episode Realty Bites. We'll see you then. About the sweet love between the moon and the deep blue sea And then she spread her wings high over me She said she's gonna come back tomorrow And I said Just leave it in here a few years and let it appreciate in value. It's probably a million years old, Dad. I think it's as valuable as it's going to get. <laughs> That's what they said about this Billy Beer, Smarty Pants.
Uh, we elected the wrong Carter. <laughs>